Hello, welcome to Kamari's Place. I hope you're having a wonderful day, evening, night, or whatever time you're listening to this podcast. Come on in, make yourself comfortable. And let's talk about um, how we have culture. I mean, like, we all have culture, and I love that we have culture. Now, you're probably going to be thrown off by the beginning of this podcast because it was supposed to be a podcast about romantic tropes the ones I like and the ones I don't like but then the conversation just had um had a mind of his own girl as the people say and um it sparked a really good conversation that I really loved and I think that is so cool and so yeah that's what we're gonna talk about how we have culture and how I love it and so yeah I'll see you over there in the podcast bye As you heard by the intro, today we're going to be talking about romance tropes, the ones that I like and the ones that I do not like. But before we get into that, I have to tell you something that is one of my favorite new hobbies now, which is salsa dancing. Salsa. I love actually Latin dancing in general. Like lately, that's been one of my like it's been the hobby that's been interesting me the most if that makes any sense and I literally just got into it the other day like obviously I've always loved like Latin music and salsa music and stuff like that but just recently I really started to like love salsa music like everything about it love 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 Cuban Puerto Rican top two right so that's that right that's the first thing but then today I've been actually been like lately in general, I've been focusing on like actually learning the dances and like getting technical with it. So salsa, we're getting there. I know the basics. Cumbia, I knew the basics of it, but I never had watched a video. I just basically watched and I emulated, but I actually have been like watching a couple of videos to actually see the technique and things like that. So that's so fun because I love Selena. I love salsa. Those are two separate things, but I'm just telling you what I like. Um, and so that's been so fun to like, you know, dance. And it's also a really great workout. And yeah, so that's just one thing that I've been wanting to tell you. Oh, another thing that I want to tell you is I actually have like a new f- or a newfound appreciation for Afro Latinos in specific. Like I really want to meet an Afro Latino so bad in person, and I want to be immersed in the culture so that I can learn about the culture. Because I think it's so cool, and this is something that I was realizing today when I was listening to an Afro Latino um, salsa mix, and I was trying to look up the lyrics. And I was finding that most of the lyrics I could not find because I feel like their version of Spanish is not like, you know, the general Spanish that everybody else speaks. I've learned through literally a TikTok video today and then cross-referencing with a whole nother different experiences. But I was building connections in between those two exposures, listening to the um, Afro-Latino salsa music today i realized that a lot of the language i don't know what specific language i'm literally at the cusp of learning but afro latino's language has a lot of influence from african cultures so like 
from the TikTok that I was watching today and then one of the song lyrics that I was looking up today, I found that in this particular one, right, they use a lot of Yoruba words and they're Spanish, right? So Afro-Latinos use maybe some of them. I don't know which ones. I don't know if it's all the Afro-Latinos or just certain ones, but some of them most of them all of them who knows they be using a lot of yoruba words which is a tribe in nigeria in their spanish and so that was so cool because when i was looking up the lyrics i thought that i was looking up spanish lyrics but really i'm looking up its own dialect of spanish and yoruba influence mixed together basically an offshoot of culture because once they were africans but then they were brought to the americas and so then they had to create this whole separate um this whole separate culture an offshoot culture um separate from their original culture so then it still has those influences there but then it's also basically integrating other and what it's reminded me of is something else that I'm learning in sociology class which is giving is it amalgamation I think it's giving amalgamation where basically it's kind of like a melting pot so when multiple cultures come together and instead of each culture keeping their own identities they form together to create a new identity and that's basically what i'm seeing is happening with a lot of african descendants you know and also just cultures in general who have been como city say affected by white supremacy and colonialism like that happens a lot like i know for i believe it's filipino people it's this one dish that they make and i forgot what it's called but it's this i think it's called ban no i'm not even gonna attempt it but it's like this bread type of dish that filipinos make and um that bread is not even traditional to Filipino culture, but because Filipinos who were displaced, I believe, and who were, you know, living in an area that was British occupied, or I believe it was French, either British or French occupied, they used some of the products that were from that culture, but then also tying in their Filipino culture to create a whole new offshoot of culture. So a food that is ate by many Filipinos today, you know, while it is not traditional to Filipino culture, it still is... Um, of significance within the culture now and I think that's the same thing that we could say for African-American culture even with our AAVE and then with other um, dialects that certain African-Americans speak like Gala and stuff like that it has a lot of African West African to no yeah West African to be specific a lot of influences in our languages so that's cool sometimes unfortunate but i honestly don't like to look at it as unfortunate because the fact that we have these offshoot cultures shows how resilient our people are people of color in general the fact that we have these cultures because if we didn't have these offshoot cultures it would actually be telling because then it would say that oh we assimilated into the culture we were allowed you know we were allowed to be wiped out but no 
even years and years after being occupied by you know colonialism and all these kind of different things that are happening you still see the remnants of our coaches and they're still here strong and continuing and even though we didn't have access to the same stuff that we used to have back in our homeland or we couldn't speak the same language as we did we're still keeping small things and so that's why I personally I don't know this is supposed to be romance tropes but anyways that's why I personally don't like to take on the ideal or notion and I know that this has some validity to it but it's just not the take that I like to take on which is a lot of people say African Americans have no culture African Americans have nothing to hold on to African Americans have no culture basically and we hear that a lot and if you look at it in a traditional sense no we don't have our traditional culture that we had when we came to this land and not when we came I want to be clear with my words we were brought and forced to this land no we don't have those original traditions but we do have culture and it's very strong is very important, is very sentimental, and it's resilient. The fact that we have this culture, that we have some influences from our homeland, and then the fact that we were able to create in this new land that we weren't even supposed to be at, the fact that we were able to create here, I respect it so much. I respect it so much. And I don't like to look at African-American culture as it just being slavery or as it just being this or just being that, because this is the thing. If you're in America, it's really easy to get caught up in, como se dice, narratives that are pushed, right? Because our people have gone through so much and there are a lot of influences, a lot of things that influence our culture. Slavery was a big thing that influenced our culture, but the thing that influenced our culture the most was the people first, That's one thing that we cannot forget. Yes, slavery, big, big, big factor in our culture because without it, this wouldn't even be here. But more important, without the people, in spite of slavery, our culture would not be here. So that's something that I don't like to focus on. And yeah, there are a lot of parts that tend to get swept under and then it kind of gets chalked up to this one thing or this other thing and then it becomes like this whole like caricature of like oh yeah you're not black if xyz you're not black but it's more than that it's a lot more deeper and I really really respect my culture so I'm not uh, this is the thing I understand where a lot of people are coming from and it is true we don't have an original culture but you're not going to see me saying I have no culture. But no, but at the same time, it is true. <laughs> it's like, it's a, it's a matter of both ends. Like, no, because we're Americans, da, 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 we're not really repping our home flag like that for obvious reasons. And I know other people probably feel some type of way about that. Cause it's like, well, you're American now and you've been here. But if you, if you were us, maybe you would understand. And there's some black, black people that do. And I love America. I'm just not going to rip the flag to the tops of my lungs. You know what I mean? Like, I literally love America so much because this is my home. But again, I'm not going to rip the flag. <laughs> I'm not, not going to like rip it heavy. You know what I mean? You know, or there's just like other things that we can't really do or say. Like sometimes because our, this is the thing with african-american culture and i can only speak for this culture because i'm african-american i live in america but this is the thing the reason why we have no pride is because we haven't it hasn't been giving any validity 
From the day that we stepped foot in this country, our blackness has never been given validity, right? Our culture, our language, our way of being has never been given validity. So even when we have created such culture, when we think about our hair and the way that we do our hair, when we think about our language and the way that we speak, A-A-V-E, when we think about, you know, our style, our music, Everything that black people have created in this country, it has somehow been deemed as ghetto, unfeeding, unkept. Um, It's just been labeled as a shameful thing. And it has been labeled that much to the point that it has become stigmatized. And it's been become stigmatized and stereotyped so much to the point that it actually affects the people from this culture. So then it could be easy why people may want to denounce the culture and be like, oh no, that's not us or da 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 because we see it as something negative. We see it as, oh, this is ghetto. We shouldn't be doing this we should be but that's something that we've been fed from the day one our culture and our identity has never been legitimized ever it's never been legitimized so that's why it's so easy for us to say that we have no culture because it's been suppressed for so long because it has been como se dice invalidated for so long to the point that we can't actually see that this is a real thing but this is a difference that i think that is the difference between African Americans and other people, other black people or people from of color from other countries who happen to be the majority in their home country or maybe more closer with their descendants, you know what I mean? Like more closer in generations. I think that the difference is that your culture has been legitimized you have been validated. It may not have been from day one. You definitely probably still have experienced the same things that we have experienced because black people and people of color have experienced oppression across the globe. So that's not saying that that isn't it, but maybe it hasn't happened for so long because again, America is one of the last countries to abolish slavery and still then slavery was still going on, whether legally or illegally, you know, wrapped to the laws or whatever. (laughs) But that's besides the point. Maybe it's the fact that it's went on for so long. So I think that's the difference. A lot of other cultures have been had the opportunity to be able to either reclaim their culture or maintain their culture, even despite um, being occupied by other places. And we just have not had that same opportunity or luxury. No excuses, just explanations, right? So when I look at people who are from Nigeria, who are from Ghana, who are from Guyanese, or isn't it Guyan? I don't know what the name of the country is, but I know Guyanese people are there. Who are from Ethiopia, who are from Haiti, who are from Trinidad, who are from Jamaica, who are even from the UK. Even though they're living in a land that is predominantly occupied by white people, like, you know, is literally European, their descendants are closer. You know what I mean? Like it's more closer in generation. So they are able to pass that, that, that tradition down to their children is not that much of a detach versus us. It's been more than 400 years since the first Komosa Dice person from Africa was here passing down. So it's so far away. It's not going to be that easy of a pipeline. If you guys are following me and what I'm saying, are you guys getting it? Like say for instance, you know, a first generation um, 
I don't need even like an Asian child or an African child, like first generation here, they're more likely to be maybe even a little bit exposed to their, como se dice, to their home culture more than an African American to their original home culture because their parents are more than likely directly from the homeland or their grandparents were so it's a lot more closer african americans we don't have the luxury like oh yeah my mom literally just came from xyz from a country in west africa it was like no my great 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 ancestor was forced here from this place so isn't you you see um so i think that's a little bit to play into it that's all i had to say but yeah so I forgot how I got on this rant, but that was a really good conversation. I forgot how did I get on this rant, but no, if you guys were following me, following me, yeah, you know, I really, really respect her. Oh, I was talking about Afro-Latino culture. Yeah, it's so cool, isn't it? Like, I really want to learn more about Afro-Latinos. This is what I was going to say about Afro-Latinos too. This is what I'm hearing from Afro-Latinos, Okay. But this is also what I'm seeing, como se dice, uh, being reinforced by just research. The small little dibbit of research that I've done. It's true. They are heavily underrepresented, even within the Latin culture. So again, they still have ties to their culture, even though it still isn't being legitimized. So we're all going through the same thing. So I'm not even trying to say like, ooh, African-Americans have it worse. I'm just saying that here's the difference in our situations, not the degree. Here's a difference in our experiences. You know what I mean? But it's just so cool to see that like they still have those ties to their, you know, language that has been passed down. And it's just so cool to see how us as people of color, even though we have been occupied by, you know, other people and things of that nature, we're still able to hold on to most or even little remnants of our original culture. And then not only are we able to do that, but we're also able to create within our culture. We're able to continue to thrive within our culture and create offshoot cultures that are something that are still supposed to be beautiful and they should be represented and they should be legitimized. And so back to African-American experience, just for one second, I hate for it to be about African-Americans so bad, but listen, I really want to get to that point. I'm on this new journey when I'm actually realizing like the world and I'm like, oh, why have I been thinking about this so negatively when this is literally my culture? Why? <laughs> it's because the people have told me that that wasn't it. That slang, you're not speaking proper English. Those long nails are ghetto. Your hair is this, that, and the third. It's unruly. It's like, a, it's, like it's literally my natural. It's the way that it grows out of my scalp. <laughs> or like your nails, it's literally creative expression. Oh, those baggy clothes are ghetto. Oh, where in Jordan is this? Oh, where? It's like, we can never win because everybody always want to invalidate it. But then we see everybody running around with it. And that's the thing about America. Let me tell you that right now. And I feel like maybe other people can say this in other countries. But I'm just talking about me and my country girl. Me and my country girl. One thing about my country. And again, I love it so much. I love it dearly. Do not get me mixed up. But one thing about... (laughs) One thing about my culture, 
one thing about my culture, they're going to try to invalidate POC, period. And then separate from POC to get more specific, they're going to try to invalidate black people. Like one thing about America, like that's something that they're going to do. They've been doing it. They're going to do it. Let's hope that they can try to grow out of it. But that's just one thing that we know. If you know nothing else about America, that's one thing that they're going to do. <laughs> that's one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing. So yeah. Yeah, I've been on this new streak of like trying to como se dice, basically just decondition myself. And I find that a lot of us are in these conditioning spots. And I think that it's a matter of both end because I don't want to discredit the fact that a lot, not a lot, but some aspects of black culture are deeply ingrained in being condition so some things that we have been doing for years that has become a part of our culture are actually deep conditioning that we need to uncondition ourselves from so that we can actually tap into our real culture so our poverty mindsets our slavery mindsets um sometimes our negative mindsets which are usually como city say deep embedded trauma responses those things we need to decondition from because those are como city say being heavily influenced by como city say colonialism we're being conditioned by colonialism and we need to decondition to get back to our original culture because when i look at black culture sometimes we see this and it's become so deeply ingrained that it's become our culture and when i look at it i'm like that's what they told us we were supposed to be they told us that this is the only thing that we can be prime example say for instance you know only being an athlete only being an entertainer that's something that has been deeply embedded into our culture and I don't want to take away from it because it has validity like black people are talented <laughs> we should be entertainers we should be athletes because like we literally have the agility to do this right but at the same time we be gripping onto that so hard that we don't realize that our culture is also more than that. We're capable of being trailblazers, of being doctors, lawyers, electricians, engineers, theorists, and all of the above. Like, I think that there's space for both. And I don't think that we need to, como se dice, um choose either one or the other because nobody else has nobody else has to do that but for black people it always feels like we're always having to make a choice and this is just coming from me y'all can add on if you want to about how you feel like you gotta make a choice but I feel like we always have to make a choice this is bringing me to another thing that is not really related but it's related another thing that I feel like we always have to make a choice of and I'm so freaking over it Black people and just people of color, I can say this probably for people of color, but I'm going to speak from African Americans. We always have to choose between our culture and access or quality or opportunity. It's always that or the other because our society has become so segregated in a sense and that's really not the word that I'm looking for, but it's become so exclusive in a sense that Sometimes it feels as though in order to have opportunity and access and quality, you literally have to forfeit your culture because a lot of people who occupy spaces of quality and access and um, 
I forgot what the other word was, quality access and opportunity are namely usually people who are of majority culture, which in America is white culture. Um, and that just has to do with, you know, years of systematically engineering it to be that way. No disrespect. But that's just the that's just what we're looking at, where we're looking at the numbers and things of that nature. So anyways, it feels as though we always have to choose between the two. And I'm actually really over it. I want to be able to go and choose a good education, have great opportunities, have great access and a great quality education with great quality facilities and resources and opportunities and amenities without having to forfeit my blackness and go somewhere where I'm literally one black IP in a sea of white butter beans. I don't want to be that no more. I do not want to be one black IP in a sea of butter beans. I want to be a black IP in a sea of black beans, butter beans, pinto beans, whatever, however. I want flavor, but I always have to choose between, oh, should I go here with the black eyed peas, but I may have to sacrifice maybe some quality maybe some access, maybe some opportunity. And it's not to take away from the fact that, you know, black institutions and things like that can't give that. But again, looking at the numbers, looking at the access, looking at the funds that's being poured into is disproportionate. So I may have to sacrifice that. You know what I mean? And I'm tired of that. I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of having to choose to go to a church that gives, you know, great community building opportunities and you know quality um facilities and things like that and quality i don't know word and in-depth como se dice analysis but then also having to forfeit forfeit my culture forfeit cultures in general and having to feel the pressure of assimilating to majority culture which again in america is what white culture i'm tired of the choices but it feels like we always have to make that choice and i'm over it i forgot what i was talking about before then but that's okay because we're just on rants right now i'm actually really enjoying this conversation i'm very happy that i got here because it's like processing a lot through me so again deconditioning deconditioning and i feel like i'm all over the place but follow me follow me so yeah I want to get to the place where I'm embracing culture, right? But then also deconditioning some parts that have been deeply embedded in the culture, but they actually should not be a part of the culture fully. And so I'm trying to do away with that, but then keep hold to the key parts of the culture that a lot of people don't see because they're always looking at the stigmatized and stereotypes that have been placed on so it masks and drowns out what black culture actually is and so then when i get around people it's always reduced to oh it's just this oh it's that's that we have no culture it's like no if you actually think if you actually think and if you actually was like maybe this is an ashamed thing you would actually see that you have culture and i think that's so cool like I remember I was asked a question in my sociology class and they were like what's one thing from your culture that you know that has like a different meaning or something like that to you and so the thing the first thing that came to mind because 
I've been absorbing other people's cultures. And so sometimes it's so hard to like see yourself, you know? So the first thing that I thought of was Pickney them, right? Because that's like a whole offshoot culture of like Jamaican influence, but then also like European Jamaicans as well, even though Jamaicans still say Pickney. But like, I hear a lot of European, British, or English Jamaican saying the Pickney Dem, whatever, whatever, or the Brethren, things like that. And so instantly I wanted to jump at that, but I was like, wait, hold on, that's not my culture. What's my culture? What's like, what is my culture? Like, what can I tell? Like, what can I tell them? And then at first I felt like I was at a loss, but then I was like, no, I do have a lot of culture. And so I was talking about Lily Dillies, which is, I think it's a staple in some black cultures, but then it's also a staple in Southern culture. Like if you're from the South, even though people, I don't know if people up north do lily dillies, but I know the south do lily dillies. And we call them different things because somebody call it a huckabuck a buck or a huckabuck a cup or whatever you want to call it. But down in South Florida, we call it a lily dilly, right? That's something that is integral. It's not an inherently negative thing, but somebody, I bet you somebody would want to make it a negative thing, but it's not. It's literally just a frozen Kool-Aid cup. So I think that that's so cool. What else was I thinking about that? I like in the moment I was like I cannot remember what it is but then when you think about it it's stuff that we say all the time it's things that are part of our culture all the time that it's just brilliant and this is another thing that I want to say about how black people are made to feel as though they have no culture or that their culture is subpar the reason why i feel like another factor that contributes to this is that we are not adequately educated on our culture and how can you advocate for something that you do not know anything about if it's never acknowledged you can never advocate for it because you never even heard of it. So it's so cool to hear from other intellects, namely black intellects, that tell me about all of these different things that black Americans have done for this country. And it doesn't even have to be, como se dice, exclusive to civil rights and, you know, abolition and all that kind of stuff, like just separate from that. Just being human beings who happen to be exceptional who happen to be cool, to happen to just be doing stuff, to happen to just be being and just flowing and just knowing, you know? Anyways, I'm having a really good time here because I have so much to say about this conversation. And I'm going to come back because I have another thing to talk about, which is language. Girl, I went on a rant the other day about language. I could have a whole rant about language and not even just black people but this is going to be more so it's going to be focused on black people black americans but then it's also going to be focused on black non-americans from other countries and also people of color in general or that people who just speak different languages in general and how it's received in america because girl let me tell you girl let me tell you girl let me tell you the conditioning has got us cooped up the way that we perceive language 
and I'm just not here for it. I got to find my notes on that because I ran, when I tell you I ranted, I ranted. And it feels personal to me because I literally come from a household where my dad, his primary language is not English, okay? It's como se dice, Creole first, then it's French, then it's Spanish, and a little bit of Dutch, and then we have English. But I'm going to talk about that in a later podcast because I got some words to say about it. I got some words. But yes, <laughs> I cut off the podcast without saying an outro, but as always, my friends, peace, positivity, productivity, prosperity, and a godsend perspective to you and everyone you know. And then, and until next time, bye!